0: You've survived the worst, trauma, loss, rejection. The reality is your pain can be a crutch or it can be the thing that launches you. You're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you experience true freedom and breakthrough. Tune in each week as guests share their incredible life lessons from their personal stories and hear from experts who can give you the tools you need to stop surviving and start thriving. Here to help you find purpose through your pain is your host, Joseph James. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Purpose Through Pain Podcast. I am your host, Joseph James. Today, we have a pretty awesome guest, my brother, Michael, that's on the show today. He is an entrepreneur of Michael James Remodeling, doing remodeling homes in the North Georgia area. Over the last several years, he has gone from suffering the 2008 economy collapse where he lost homes, he lost his the majority of his business and staff, to now since then changing his mindset to where he has doubled his business in size and finances every year up until last year where he actually quadrupled it. Where last year he went from doing a million dollars in revenue in his business to now this year is projected to do six million and that's just an astronomical growth But we're not going to talk about necessarily what he does as a business, but we're going to talk about his mindset today and where he's gone from an abusive family to a distraught divorce now into a wonderful and amazing mindset to where he is going after his dreams, goals, and visions. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Thanks,
1: Joseph. It's good to be on here. I'm excited to be here. It's humbling. To be on here just because of the fact that this is my brother. This is my younger brother who, in his own way, has accomplished so many different things. So I'm honored to be on here. I'm honored to share my story. And it's just a neat experience for the two of us as brothers to see our own growth and the shift in our own mindset over the last 10, 15 years to ultimately understand what it's like to succeed.
0: Yeah, absolutely man. And I'll say this now and we're going to touch on it some later on in the show, but Michael's the absolute reason why I'm here where I'm at today because of his mindset change. We were kind of at different places in our own life in terms of our mindset. I was involved in ministry and him very heavily uh involved in business and where we had some he had some low times, I had some high times. And then when I had low, he had some high times. And it's been able to balance out with each other where we've been able to be open and honest and candid about every situation in our life to when he has been down, I've been able to push him and vice versa. And it's just amazing to have somebody like that in your life. Michael, I want to go straight into what ultimately formed your mindset. And it all goes back to our childhood. Now, a lot of the listeners have heard about the abusiveness from our dad and just the disciplinarian person that he was, but where it turned into so much more than just discipline. And they've heard my version of it and my take, but I want to hear from you. What was it in your life that how was the childhood? What is your viewpoint of the childhood and how did that really start to mold your mindset?
1: Ultimately, Joseph Everything that happens in life, we've heard the cliche of it happens for a reason and all of that stuff, but ultimately it's an evolution of our life and everything we can either take from it and learn, or we can take something from it and it just causes us to circle that drain over and over again until we look at that giant face to face and go, I'm done playing this game. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to suffer from whatever pain it is, whether it's a divorce, whether it's a loss of a family member, whether it's my dog died, whatever it is, it's still pain and it hurts. And it doesn't matter. Every one of us have gone through some sort of pain that nobody wants to go through, but it's our choice to look at it and go, I'm going to use this as a stepping stone or not. And I look back at our childhood and yeah, our our dad was hard. He was strict on us. We couldn't do anything. And, And there was a lot of emotional baggage that came with that that has taken me 40 years to work through and understand. But ultimately, it's made me who I am. It's made me the success I am. Our dad looking, sitting on... The kitchen table, and my older sister and I, Joseph wasn't quite old enough at the time. We started a paper out when I was seven and she was eight. And I hated doing this paper out. But early on, my dad was creating this work ethic yeah. that continued to follow my life throughout to, to, to current. And so, as a young kid, he would sit us down and pay us. And we're talking dollars, not hundreds. And he would have three stacks. And one would be a tithe that would go to the church and would go to God. And then another would be savings. And then another would be personal. And I used to think of that personal stack. I'm like, man, I hate this. I've done so much work and effort to get such a little stack. I think it was a total of $3. And I could never understand that growing up. But what it did do for me was it helped me understand budgeting, priority, and it also helped me. The biggest thing I've gotten from it is my work ethic and going from seven years old to having a paper route with my sister to at 12 years old, having my own paper route and subcontracting these paper routes out to my buddies so I can make money and even doing a little bit of stealing and doing things inappropriately <laughs> to make money. But ultimately, it was that drive to how can I make money? And at a young age, knowing I'm going to have my business one day. And yeah, the growing up was tough. It was hard. Growing up in a religious family, very strict. And it seemed like every Sunday I was getting a crap beat out of me in some way or another, or seeing my siblings get the crap beat out of them. But that's what my dad knew. It wasn't that he was a bad person or an ignorant person. That's just what he knew. Yeah. And so I've had to come to the place of understanding that was just him. That was his understanding. That was him doing what he thought was right, even though in today's society it's child abuse and. There was a lot of learning, a lot of growing on my end that I had to do as an adult to accept, to forgive, to understand, and to ult- ultimately become my dad's best friend his last five years of his life. Yeah. So that's a little bit, Joseph, of my belief in what my childhood led into my adult life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's amazing to hear you say that because even the way I've looked at it sometimes is I've become, in in certain aspects of it, I didn't get the work ethic like you have. I became more of a victim to certain things. And my work ethic went in a whole other route with the military and things like that. But yet, even the love for sports and trying to make that connection with dad, we all had our own connection. Everything became work for dad. So he was definitely instilling that work ethic in us. But you were more the entrepreneurial driven as a young age. I was more that I want to go outside and play. But baseball, football, no matter what it was, it became work to the point. It's just, I don't even want to play with dad anymore. You were like, I want to try to figure out how to become a better business person so I can stop working for somebody mentality. <laughs> and so it's amazing to sit there and talk about the same family, the same upbringing. We're two years apart, but yet it drove us in different directions in terms of our mentality. And where you didn't allow it to become, even though there's things that you're learning now up into your your 40s and as well as I am, but I became a victim of my own mentality. I allowed what you were saying earlier is I allowed my pain to, to, to really stick me. I, it became glue. And to where now I am going through a lot of things rejection, abandonment issues, things like that, as I've had to move on in, in, in life. But there was some things that changed in your life that as you grew up, and of course, we still grew up in that, that harsh disciplinary and family, you eventually graduated high school, moved to Georgia, started working for different people. You got married, you end up having two kids, and then something, you experienced some horrific pain in that. So talk to me about that time frame of okay, you're leaving the house, and now you're getting married to up until your divorce.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I left the home at 19. I knew at even way before that age that I was going to have my own business at one point, and started in the construction industry at an at, at the age of 18, and moved to Georgia at 19. At that point, my motive to move away from Georgia was to be away from my dad. I I couldn't stand the man. And there was nothing we had in common. And so I wanted to be out of his household. But that was, again, that start of everything he instilled in me that I was unaware at that time. And so, sure, yeah, I I met a beautiful woman at the time. Once I moved to uh, North Georgia, and a year later, we ended up getting married. Started my business a year after we got married. So I started my business at 22. I I didn't know what I was doing. I knew how I knew I was a good carpenter. That's what I knew. And I knew that I I had a perfectionist mentality and I knew I could give good quality and I had a good personality to meet the needs of clients. As far as running a business, I didn't know anything about it. But just plugging myself into it and making the mistakes and learning from the mistakes and just figuring it out, helped me understand how to run a business. And business is going on. I spent some time in Peru doing some humanitarian work, learning Spanish. And it, ultimately, those things just helped even with the business. I was became fluent in Spanish, which therefore it was easy for me to hire Hispanic employees that have become part of my family. And life is going on. I'm doing the typical I've got a beautiful family. I build a home with the white picket fence and the nice trees in the front yard, the nice home. And my wife doesn't have to work. She just raises our kids. The picture-perfect mindset that we all have for what a family looks like. And then life starts happening and things shift and our mom passes away, which was a big burden on us as a family and individually and little by little, there's an erosion going on. Yeah. And a lot of the erosion was on me. A lot of the erosion was on my ex-wife. And although her and I are great friends now, it was a time where we were growing apart. And you don't know that you're growing apart until you look. You start really looking at things and going, oh yeah, we don't really click anymore. Yeah. And so unfortunately, it, it led to... A divorce. And when I say unfortunately, it was at the time it was unfortunate, but it has become something that I'm so glad has happened as well. It has made me a better dad. It has made me a better person. It's made me a better businessman. It's made me a better, better in so many different ways. But again, it's the mindset. It's taking that and going, something terrible has happened but I'm not gonna live in that. I'm not gonna become the victim. I had plenty of reason to be the victim. And I was the victim for a couple years and got hung up on by my ex-wife numerous times that I as I was treating her disrespectfully and getting the kids in the middle of it and stuff that I should never have done. But ultimately, I remember early on in my divorce, looking at my kids And going, my kids, when they are 18 and 19 and 20 years old, they're going to know me. And I'm not talking about knowing me as that guy is my dad. I'm talking about knowing who I am and knowing the core of who I am, who I represent, who I am to them, and ultimately becoming their hero. And I made that goal when my kids were three and five, when I was going through a divorce And I remember visually uh, seeing this picture in my head of digging my heels in sand and not moving until I got the results that I wanted. And I just held on to that, Joseph. I held on to that visual of, I know what I want, I know what I deserve, and I'm going to push until I get it, no matter what happens. And so now my kids are 15 and 18. My daughter's about to turn 16, and I can look at our relationship now, and I know that I'm my son's hero. Yeah, he adores me. He listens to every word that I say about business. His desires to own his own business, and he is like a little sponge when it comes to that. And looking back over the last 10, 13, 14 years of just making those little things count for my kids. Yeah. And trust me, there's been plenty of times where I screwed up. I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's
0: amazing when you were talking about the little things, when you're in a you're in a relationship with your wife, you're married to your wife and then all of a sudden things slowly start to erode. Okay, you talked about erosion and you don't realize it's almost done or you're at a point of I'm no longer telling my wife I love her. I'm no, no longer connecting with her it's more like a roommate in the passing. You almost don't realize that until it's happened. And then all of a sudden we're in this, I got to fix it mode. I got to re- I gotta try to recover things. But it's the same thing just in the flip side when it comes to creating something new. Everybody wants something new right now. We live in this fast food mentality. I got to have it now mentality of, okay, If I start an Instagram, I want a million likes by next month or two months from now or whatever the case is. Or if I start a business now, I want to be able to make six figures by the end of this year and seven figures by the end of the next year. But the same way as the erosion happens a little bit by little bit, so does the mindset in terms of going the direction that you want. It's a little bit by little bit. It's being able to recognize and understand that if I don't make the choice now when things are going bad to stop the erosion... It's going to be a full flood and I'm not going right. to be able to stop it. You're not going to be able to build a dam. And But then also is I can make little choices each and every day in the positive way to build the mindset, the family, the, the business, the attitude, and everything that I want. So it's neat that you say that just talking yeah. about the erosion because it's, it's the
1: same thing. Absolutely. It goes both directions and you don't realize something's eroding until you got this big goalie. And what do I do now? When I was in that place, you were the first one I called when I was just on my knees begging for help, not knowing what to do. But that was just the symptom of what had been going on for years. It wasn't the root. Yeah. I had already created the problem and I was never doing anything to prevent the erosion from happening. I just kept what, you know, little by little, you're just watching this and you're like, it's okay. It's okay. It'll never no happen video, to me. Nothing. Ho- and then all of a sudden you look back years later and you're like, holy crap, this is happening to me. Yeah. And so the importance of making it a priority every day to do something and whether it's doing something for your kids. Doing something for your business, doing something for your important for your employees, doing something for yourself every day. Yeah, and that's the building of this evolution of becoming a successful entrepreneur, of becoming an amazing dad, of becoming an amazing partner is because every day you're doing something. Yeah. When my, when Caleb and Brianna, when my kids were really young, I would send them to school with a Ziploc bag of acorns. It would have three or four acorns in the bag. And, and I would tell them the story. We've got this massive oak tree in our front yard. It's like three feet in d- diameter. It's huge. And I would tell the kids, I'd show them these acorns. I said, do you know what this? what is in this acorn? And I would take them out to that tree and I'd go, everything that's in this acorn is in this massive tree. The only three ingredients this acorn needed was soil, water, and sunshine. It had to have all three and it had to have it consistently every day. Wow. Become this massive oak tree. So what we've got in us is there. We have, we are massive individuals. Yeah. But are we watering it? Are we giving it sunshine? Are we in proper soil? We yeah. all know that if you plant something on rocky soil, the trees turn out weird. They don't grow, they're stunted in growth. But if you got proper soil, proper irrigation, and proper sunlight, it's the, the sky is the limit. Yeah. And so I instilled that in these in my kids early on, where them carrying these acorns in their book bags. For months and months, they would carry him around. Sometimes they even forgot about him, but they'll tell that story today. And they remember that big, massive oak tree that is still in my front yard today that I used to talk to them about when they were five, six, seven years old. And so it goes back to that eroding thing. You're either eroding or you're growing. It's one of the two, but you've got to make a choice to do something.
0: That's good, man. You're either eroding or growing. I like that. So let's talk about, so you're in the midst of this divorce. Okay. And then of course the economy, the 2008 economy collapse happens. What happened? What was it that clicked in you? Do do you remember the moment when you just said, "I, I can't have this anymore. I can't live like this in this mentality, but something has to change. Was it a series of things or was it just like a moment that you had?
1: It was a building at that point. I, after going through a divorce, I had been cycling for a little while, but recreationally, but it became my therapy. Yeah. I would go out and I'd get on my bicycle and I would ride, and I would ride, I would ride miles and miles and sometimes hundreds of miles in a sitting. And it became my therapy. And people, People are put in your life for a reason. And some people are there to stir you, to encourage you. And also, they're put there to grind on you and pull mm-hmm. out things that you need to fix and to work on. And so, I had a, a relationship that I was in that did that. I adored this female. And, but she also, pulled on me and grinded on me to be a better person. And, and it was painful. It was stuff was stirring up. It was stirring up stuff in me. And after riding my bike for so long, I accidentally became really good at it because I spent so much time on my bike. (laughs) And in 2012, I hired a coach and she's like, why don't you go up to nationals and just race nationals and just see how you do.
0: I'll remember that. And I
1: did. And I, Joseph, I think you went with me yeah. and out of everybody that raced that race on a national level, I finished 12th in the nation. And I didn't even know I was that good. But then I was like, wow, I've got something, but I knew down deep inside, I was still hurting. There yeah. was still a pain going on that I didn't really know what to do. And after I came back from nationals, I was still just that void inside of me. And I'm like, I'm going to ride my bike across the United States just on a whim. I was like, I, that day I went and bought a one-way ticket to San Francisco to fly out on June 3rd. This was in January. So on a whim, I decided to buy a ticket, hire a coach, create a vision for it and start making it happen. And so by putting those things in place, it kept me accountable for the goal. And I had a vision board of the ride across the states. I kept myself bathed in affirmations and things that just kept me in the right mindset. Even though I was still hurting inside, there were things I was doing that was slowly transforming me and evolving versus eroding.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I started training. I would ride, I bought a, a bicycle trailer and I would put rocks in this bicycle trailer and I would ride 50 miles out in the middle of nowhere, turn around and come back. And I would do that every time I didn't have my kids. I would play dad when I had my kids. And when I didn't have my kids, I was riding my bike. And of course, I would be working during the day and riding in the evening, riding at night. I just did whatever it took. But that was the start of this transformation in my head. I spent so much time on my bike. I would listen to podcasts. I would listen to audio books. I would listen to my own head, and it was the evolution of this personal growth that I started on, and when you put that energy out there and you start seeking whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, whether you want to call it energy, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. But those things start, what you put out there, you attract back to yourself. And so I started putting out there, how can I become a better person? How can I start growing? How can I start being, a better dad, a better mate, a better whatever it was. And so things just started coming back in my life going, oh, I met this person who specializes in personal growth or specializes in meditation or specializes in this or whatever. What would be one or two actionable
0: steps that you took out of this that you would say, I would still use this to today to give to them? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It's one thing to create a vision board. I could go and grab a half a dozen magazines and cut out these great sayings and these things, and I can put it in every wall in my house. And that's great, but you have to feel it. How you, the thought is put out there, and the feeling is how you get it back. And so I would feel that. I would see that. I would, as I was, prepping and preparing to ride my bike across the United States, I would visualize and feel what it was like to dip my bicycle in the Atlantic ocean. I would feel what it was like to grab a handful of sand and go, I did it. And of course I was faced with so many challenges. I can't tell you how many challenges I was faced with coming across the States. Um, it it taught me so many things because that the challenges that i came that i came across as i'm coming across the states is just a metaphor of life there were times where i threw a temper tantrum i wasn't feeling it i things broke flat tire lost this lost that one time i set my tent on fire while i was cooking dinner Another time I crashed and I was knocked out and I had firefighters coming down this ravine to help get me out of this ditch. But Joseph, you may not remember these words, but that day that I crashed coming down into Telluride from Lizard Head Pass, you said, Michael, you've got to get back on your bike. If you don't get back on your bike, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to get. And I held on to those words and with bruised ribs or fractured ribs, I don't know what it was. I know it was pain. Yeah. And I just kept pedaling yeah. and I just kept pedaling. And regardless how I felt, I just kept pedaling. Yeah. And I, I actually remember that where
0: I, th- I think one of the things that I'd also said, because this is what's always resonated in my mind. I said, you either got to get back
1: in the saddle or you got to quit.
0: What are you going to do? Yeah.
1: And And again, like what you're saying right now, get back in the settle or quit is no different than eroding
0: or or evolving. Yeah.
1: Eroding or growing, whatever you're doing, you've got to be, you're doing one or the other. There is no in
0: between. Because we look at quitting as, okay, I give up right now. I give up in this moment and I'm not going to ride my bike anymore. Or I give up on my marriage and I'm done. I file for divorce or I give up on growing a business. And ultimately, nobody really wants to quit. Nobody wants to make that decision of, I'm done 100% at this moment. But what we do, we quit in small stages. Yeah. We, we, or in small steps of, you know what, I'm just, I'm frustrated at life. These things aren't going my way, so I'll do it again tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and you're like, yeah, today's not a good day either. And, and ultimately we're quitting in small steps to like what you said, the erosion that we're allowing things to erode away and not grow. And it's funny because since I've hired a, a bodybuilding coach and getting into the lifting aspect and training, a lot of people say, let's go. And I heard him one day says, let's grow. And I'm like, huh, I like that. And for me, it's just yeah. when I heard this, that was that, are you gonna get one more rep in? Or are you gonna quit? You're going to get right. this one more in here, and you're going to push yourself, or are you going to stop doing this? And, and I, I remember speaking that to you because I think that firefighter had said that you've got some, more likely, some cracked ribs. And I remember you calling me said, dude. It dude, it freaking hurts. Everything hurts. And here's the thing. Coming from my medical background in sports medicine, I knew there was only one thing that you can do for cracked ribs, and that's nothing. You can't do a darn thing about them. Yeah, you can put uh, uh, or compression pads around you and things like that. But when you're crunched down and you're riding on a bike, the only thing to do for a cracked rib is to get off the bike and rest. So what are you going to do? When you face a challenge, and and I know that you've heard this before, that the saying that says, if you quit today, you'll quit the rest of the day of your life. You'll quit every day of your life. And I think it's even Tony Robbins that says a quote of how you do anything is how you will do everything. And I remember that moment telling you that as you were riding and I don't remember if you were crying, you probably were probably wanted to because there's no doubt that you were in pain. And Michael, how far into that journey, it was 3,600 miles. Okay. How far into that were you when you had that wreck?
1: Oh, it was in Colorado, so I would assume probably a 1,000 miles maybe. So
0: you still had 2,600 miles, roughly 2,600 miles to go. You weren't even halfway. Very, no. uh, very easy at that point to say, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. I, I can't do and, this.
1: And not only that, Joseph, but- I could have totally said I'm done and it would have been an understood reason. A hundred percent. There would have never been a person everybody, out there. All my friends, everybody supporting me would be like, Michael, you deserve it. But if you take that in life, dude, everybody has their days where they've been run off the road into a ravine where their back is laying in a creek, knocked out. And wake up not knowing what the hell has just happened. Yeah. Everybody has had that. Yeah. In some way or another, whatever it is, whether it's divorce or I lost my wife or I lost my child, whatever. We have all been kicked so hard to the face. But you had to make a choice. Yeah. And some people choose to live in it and be a victim. And they've had that. There's nothing wrong to doing that, there's nothing right, it's your choice. Nothing wrong, but, but there is something better. Of course there is, but you have to be emotionally at that place to be able to do it because you're going to circle the drain regardless. You're gonna keep visiting that area of pain yeah. regardless. Yeah. Do you wanna hit it head on and go, you know what? I'm tired of being miserable, I'm tired of living hurt, or I'm ready to grow, not erode, and make a difference in not only my life, but my kid's life and my husband's life and the people that are around me and make an impact. We're all here to make an impact. How big of an impact do you wanna make? Our our innate, we're built to make a difference, to want to feel like what we do is worth something. That's how we're wired. And so we either live in the world of I'm the victim and nothing good happens to me, or we make a shift. And for me, it was always like, just keep going. And for that particular, just keep pedaling and just keep pedaling, regardless of what pain I feel today, just keep pedaling. And I've ridden my bicycle across the United States twice, as you're aware of. And one was from West to East on a road bike. And the other one was from North to South from Canada to Mexico on a mountain bike. And both events, Joseph, I had to reevaluate every day. It became a new norm every day that my ass hurt. It became a new norm every day that I didn't have fingers and I didn't have feelings in my fingers. It became a new norm that my back hurt. It became a new norm. So I would look at it and go, that's my new norm. Now let's start from there. Wow, that's good. So the fact that my butt was raw, the fact that I couldn't feel my finger, I had no feeling in my fingers, the fact that I couldn't feel my pinky toes, that was the new norm. So now that was my starting point for the day. So for the listeners out there, their new norm is, yes, I've been divorced. The new norm is, yes, I've lost a child. Yes, I've lost my spouse. Yes, I've lost whatever it is. There's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is go, I'm going to stop the eroding, and I'm going to start growing. Wow. There are people that need to hear from you because you can relate, you can understand, you can make a difference, and you can impact their lives through the hurt and the pain and the struggle that you've gone through. Joseph, I can't relate to, to losing my spouse. I can't relate. I don't know what that feels like. I don't understand it. All I can do is sympathize and be there for you. I can relate to somebody who's lost their spouse through a divorce. And other things in life. But every one of us pain is still pain. Yeah, It's all It all hurts, but we all can make a choice to go, I'm not gonna erode, I'm gonna grow. And how can I grow? And when we start asking ourselves the question of, how can I do this? What can I do? How can I make a difference? Those things will start showing up in your lives if you're ready for it. I promise you, it will happen. That's how the law of the universe works. What you put out there will come back. If you put the negative out there, it's coming back to you. If you start putting out, how can I make a difference? How can I grow? How can I be better? It will come back to you. Yeah, yeah. One of the things, Michael,
0: that in the process of losing dad and then also losing LaSette, all in the same month. And then, of course, Joshua being hospitalized and the negativity or the comments that came my way about not going to be able to be a single dad, not going to make it, things like that from people that, that are close to us, that, that love us, that love me one, I kept on getting the question of how are you so happy in the midst of all of it and how are you getting through and one of the things was as of course creating that actionable step and to the listeners what I did and I want to hear your viewpoint on this is when you're battling with depression okay when you're battling with the fact of I don't want to get up I don't want to get out of bed let's just take it from there I don't even want to get out of bed forget going on and riding the bike for 100 miles for the day forget going to work and training dogs or building a house or whatever the case is, you don't even want to get out of bed. All that other stuff seems so far-fetched. So for me, I said, what, if I don't want to get out of bed, maybe my first actionable step is to sit up in bed. Just sit up. Go from laying down to sitting up. You may do that for three or four straight days. Okay. The next one is put your feet on the floor. Go from the couch, go from the bed to the, for the chair that's right beside your bed and then eventually yeah. work on those things. How would you say how would you tell or encourage our listeners to make actionable steps? How have you been able to do it for you to whether it was get back on the saddle or even when in the midst of the divorce you also were losing everything because of the economy what would you say now to our listeners how to create actionable steps that are meaningful and that are achievable because that's the biggest thing. They got to have the success of achievement,
1: right? Yeah, sure. I think the biggest thing for me was writing things down. I started out with a gratitude journal and I would write down three things every day without repeating something I was thankful for. And it put me in a state of just being thankful for my life, for my kids. And so I would start putting things in there to go, I'm thankful that I have the energy to get up and do something productive, and so you, you start putting these things in place. The highest level of, of thing we can, uh, of emotions that we can have is gratitude, mm. and when we're bathing ourselves in a place of gratitude, it changes everything about us. Changes everything about us and so that's what it was for me i started out with every day i've i still have my journal joseph and several years of writing down i'm thankful for fill in the blank yeah every day every day and there was there may have been a day or two i missed it and i would go back i would i'd make up for it and It just, it started shifting my mindset and it started, you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time.
0: Oh, that's good, man. You can't be grateful and hateful at
1: the same time. You can't, you can't be grateful and in a pissy mood at the same time. You can't be grateful and a terrible dad at the same time. They just don't go hand in hand. And so when you start shifting that mindset, I promise you, you will start getting motivated. Wow. And it may be moving to the chair. It may be moving to the couch. Joseph, obviously you and I have done a lot of workouts, exercise and all of that stuff throughout our lives. I've, Spent millions of hours, I don't know, maybe not millions, but thousands of hours on a bicycle. And it takes a lot of effort. And there's times where I'm like, I don't feel like riding my bicycle. And I would just get out there and I'd start pedaling. But never was there a time that I got done riding that I said, I hated riding. Or that didn't feel good. Have you ever done a workout? After it was over, go... That's the that, that was terrible. You may have felt terrible, but you weren't disappointed for what you did every time yeah. you do something. The, 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 you there, get a gratification out yeah. of com-
0: completing it. Yeah,
1: because even if the mindset's
0: not there, because there's days you're just like, man, I could have put forth so much more effort. Sure. Even though if the mindset's not there, that you feel like you didn't have something, there's still growth in the process because you can't lift weights without growth. You can't ride a bike without growth. You. It, Everything that we're doing revolves around growth, okay? You're either shrinking, or in your words, eroding, which is still a level of growth. You're just going backwards. You're shrinking, okay? Or you're growing, you're getting bigger.
1: So yeah, absolutely, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and I guess, Joseph, with the way I look at it, and I would even do things like, today is day number one of whatever. Yeah. Today, day number two. And in the very beginning, it's really tough. And it's like the, I know I've told you, told you about if you have a penny and you multiply this penny every day, how long would it take you to get to a million dollars? And most people are like, oh, it would take years. Whoever knows. If one penny becomes two pennies tomorrow, that comes, becomes four pennies the next day, that becomes eight pennies the next day. In the very beginning, it's just pennies doesn't feel like there's anything. But when you get $100, that turns into $200, that turns into $400, that turns into $800, that turns into $1,600, we're starting to get some growth. Yeah, When you get into $100,000, that turns into $200,000, that turns into $400,000, that turns into $800, but this is getting awesome. In 30-something days, you've got a million dollars by doubling a penny. And so in that same mindset in the very beginning just getting off of the couch is tough or getting out of bed is tough yeah but tomorrow i'm going to get out of bed and i'm going to walk to here yeah and then the next day i'm going to get out of bed walk to here and i'm going to go do this and it's just little steps out of at a time i wasn't able to ride my bicycle across the united states by going out and riding hundred miles with a trailer with rocks pulled behind me. I had to do it over and over again. And it started out with 20 miles, then 30 miles, then 50 miles, then 70 miles, then 90 miles. It just, that's part of the, the, the growth process. Yeah. And enjoy the process while you're doing it. Yeah. Don't get caught up in Oh, this person has got this much growth. This is where he's at. It's you. The other thing about not getting
0: caught up is people think... We try to put a time limit on growth. We, we, we try to put it in a time span. Okay. I've been doing this for X amount of years. Or I've been in business for X amount of years. Or I've been bodybuilding for X amount of years. And you're like, because other people get it in two and it takes you six. Or they get it in six and it takes you 12. You're like, something must be wrong. Or... I've been doing this, you, you almost feel entitled that you should be somewhere because you've been doing it for a certain amount of time when that's not growing. Growing is the fact of being able to celebrate that other person beside you, but also figure out, was like, all right, if they're doing it in two and I hadn't done it in five, instead of complaining about them doing it in two and me in five, I'm like, what are they doing that I'm not? How, sure. how can I take a little sneak peek of, man, you... you you grew your business to a million dollars in how many years? Right. I'm over here barely making $250,000. I'm like, how in the world, wh- what is it? And it was almost like, go back to us, my time in the Marine Corps, and then I had my combatants business, my firearms business, and things like that. And you had already been in business for years, and I'm struggling. And I'm like, Michael, how in the world are you making so much money? Because to me, six figures was a lot when you're barely making five. (laughs) And I remember you saying, just like, Joseph, you need to go into your combatives place and you need to just start visualizing what it was. You need to start visualizing. There's Okay, if it takes 12 clients for you to pay rent, you need to start visualizing 12. And then when you get 12, you need to start visualizing 13 and 14 and 15 and 16. But we spend so much time bickering and complaining with the attitude of negativity of I I should already be here I should have a million dollars versus man I'm so thankful for where I'm at but man there's somebody over there that's doing something I'm not I need to figure out how to do that but what we do is we don't shift our mind we don't go to an from an attitude of gratitude we go from an attitude of attitude we have an attitude of I should be here if you should be here and you are doing the right things guess what? You'd be there, versus you know what? I'm not there, and there's a reason why I'm not there, and the only reason why I'm not there is because of me.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: If I hit a million dollars, my seven figures, which is our, our, which will be an astronomical growth from us, going from two hundred and ninety thousand to five hundred and forty thousand to hitting a million this year, it's because of me. Not necessarily to take away, not to take away from my staff that's training dogs and my and everybody else that's part of the sales team and things like that—it's because of I shifted from having the attitude of attitude to the attitude of gratitude, and putting my setting those goals. I'm like, okay, man, a million seems like a lot. Joseph, that's only eighty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents a month, huh? That don't seem that bad. Eighty-three thousand dollars is still a lot. Well, it's not that bad, Joseph, when it's only two thousand seven hundred thirty-nine dollars a day. Ooh, that's only like a dog sale for me do one dog sale a day at $2,700 or $2,800 at $365, at 365 days a year, man, I got my million dollars. Yeah. You know, but we, ha- I-, I had to eventually just break that down instead of saying, man, I'm never going to get this. Maybe I should be in a higher place. Man, if I lived in New York where people are paying three, $4,000 for a dog to be trained, if I was there, there's no I guarantee I'd be making a million dollars. no stop trying to visualize yourself of where you're not, where somebody else is, okay? And start visualizing yourself where you're at and where you want to go. And there's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever with looking at somebody else's vision until your vision becomes your own.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I, I remember this, when I first started out in dog training on my own, I'm watching all these different people, like they're doing these videos and doing this, Man, all I did was almost memorize what they would say and then I would shoot a video and I would say almost identical to what they said. And then right. what what they were doing now became what I was doing. And then what I was doing now came my own swirl or my own twist on things to now it became mine. Yeah, sure. But I could have sat there and plenty of said just he was like, I'm, I'm not doing this any good. I, 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 I've lost my houses. I've lost my properties. I've lost my wife. Man, forget this. But something somewhere says, you know what? There's something better. Yeah. I've got to create an action step to go after that better. I've got to. And then not only taking the action step, but even just the mentality of I'm going to get, this is going to happen for me. And it's going to happen to me. And it's going to happen through me.
1: Joseph, part of that mindset that I had and I constantly remind myself even today is knowing and feeling and believing that it's already done. Knowing Mm. and feeling and believing that I am a multimillionaire. Knowing and feeling and believing that my company is going to be in every state in the United States and seeing it. I visualize my logo in every state in the United States all the time. And I feel it. I sit there and just feel it and just bathe myself in those emotions and not worry about the how, not worry about how I'm going to get there. I just know I'm already there. It's just steps have got to get in place, but knowing it and feeling it and believing that you're already this, the, whatever it is, the success that you are, you're already the best dog trainer in the United States. In the world at that fact, walk into that. Yeah. Know that. If you really knew that, would you walk a little differently? Oh, would yeah. you talk a little differently? So start doing it. Yeah. You know, why are you holding back acting and believing and feeling that when you really know that, but you allow your circumstances to dictate how you emotionally respond? So your circumstances tell you and show you, oh, I'm only a local dog trainer. So I'm going to continue to be a local dog trainer and I'm going to feel like a local dog trainer and I'm going to be a local dog trainer versus going, I'm in every state in the United States. I talk it, I feel it, I know it. No, I don't currently have an office in every state in the United States. It's, it's, I'm just walking into that yeah having yeah. that confidence in that mindset of like it's already happened and then watch things and when you feel it like I said before your thoughts are what you send out your feelings are how you draw it back to you start feeling those emotions and if it's hard to draw up those emotions think about gratitude it's easy to start creating emotions through gratitude. And start with something that is simple. I'm thankful that I'm alive today. I'm thankful that I'm breathing. I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my family. And you start rising those emotions up inside of you. And then you start building on that. I'm thankful that I have a multi-million dollar company. I'm thankful that I have the best employees. I All the time I am stating whether my employees mess up or not, I have the best staff. My staff is the best staff ever. And I know confidently that I can go to every one of my staff and they choose to be here because they love it, because they see that they want growth for themselves, not because of a paycheck, not because they have to have a job, it's because they see a bigger picture for themselves. But it started with me. It started me believing and showing and teaching that you have to believe in you first, that you can before anybody else. My staff knows that there's two words that I dislike, can't and won't. It just doesn't exist in my vocabulary. And It's always, okay, redirect. It's not a can't, it's a redirect, redirect. You don't have to know how to get from Georgia to Louisiana where you're at, Joseph, or Georgia to the coast of California. You put it in the GPS and the GPS, when you get off track, just redirect, redirect. I read a book, oh, I can't remember the name of it right now, it'll come to me. But it talked about how, The first flight to the moon was off track 80 something percent of the time. And all they did was they would just redirect, redirect until they made it to the moon. So you don't have to be on track all the time. You just have to redirect. You have to be aware. But you have to be in that place to be able to listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to your surroundings of going, something doesn't feel right. Something's off. Yeah, Redirect. Yeah, redirect,
0: man. You talk about that now, and just you you think about our lifestyle. You think about our upbringing, Mm. your divorce, your business, the death of my wife, and all it's ever been is just. You think you have a course that you're going to be on for a long time, and all of a sudden, it's just okay. I got to redirect now. It's just it makes it seem like that's what life is all about. It's just constant redirecting, constantly making the U-turn sometimes, uh, rerouting, <laughs> as the GPS would say, yeah. and realizing that one, one thing that you said to me after Lisette passed away, and I know she was your favorite sister-in-law, and she was the only one, but <laughs> is one thing that you kept telling me, I would call you, and I'm like, man, I'm not sure what to do about this, or I'm not sure. Michael, is this the right decision? And you kept on telling me, Joseph, there's no right or wrong in any of this. If you feel like the decision you make today is right, then do it. If you feel like it's wrong, then don't do it. But if you feel like it's wrong today, it doesn't mean that it's going to be wrong tomorrow. Just make the decision. And then, and I don't know if you use these words, readjust, but that's ultimately what you were telling me. is If it doesn't work good for today, Try it again tomorrow, yeah. or do something different right. tomorrow. Right. And going from and, and La she cooked. She, she was the typical loving Hispanic woman that enjoyed doing things around the house, washing the clothes, keeping the house clean, cooking. And I went out and co- I went out and made money. Of course, she did too. But that's what she enjoyed to do. Then all of a sudden, my whole life is completely interrupted. Where now I'm like, I'm doing all those things. I'm like scared to death to cook. Even though we were taught to cook as a young as young kids, we were 12 or 13 years old when we were learning how to cook. But yet going 16, 17 years without having to do it, it's just, man, I, I, I got to learn how to do this all over again. Or how do I father kids? How, yeah. how do I be the best father to, to my three kids right now? I, I'm learning how to change a diaper all over again. I'm learning that it's more than just hey, can you hold the baby and I go do something for a while was more than just what I had ever experienced. And it was just constant readjusting, readjusting until I'm like, okay, I feel like I've got some sort of pattern down. And of course you're chewing my butt at times and, <laughs> and motivating me in the process. But all I've felt like I've been doing for the last couple of years is just redirecting, redirecting right. and, and readjusting to something new that's happened.
1: But Joseph, the difference between you and probably a lot of people is just like the GPS where it says, redirect, you didn't stop. You didn't stay put. You didn't waller in whatever thought or feelings. You may have had a day or two or even a week of just working through those thoughts or figuring it out but never did you get to a point where you stopped and became stagnant and you started to erode you always were like okay i'm going to keep going and the pace may have been slower then than it is right now doesn't matter you kept moving forward wow. and so that's my encouragement to the listeners is when i was riding my bicycle across the states there were days I did 30 miles. There was a day I did almost 300. And there was a difference in how I felt on the 30 mile than how I felt on the 300. And the 300 was like, I'm almost there. I'm encouraged. I'm ready. I've built up strength. I've built up stamina. The 30 mile day was in the very beginning when the sun was hitting me hard and I didn't feel good and things weren't going right. And it's okay. Give yourself a break. Don't feel like you have to do a hundred miles every day, but just keep pedaling. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. End your day knowing that you at least got out of bed, Mm. that you at least made one step towards where you know you're headed. Yeah. I know I'm headed here and this is my first step. Don't allow a day to go by where you can't lay your head down at night without knowing that you didn't make one action step towards your goal. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good stuff.
0: Michael what does the words purpose through pain mean to you?
1: I love that that statement because, again, what we've talked about, there's pain is just inevitable. We live a life that those things happen. But there's just, there's a bigger picture. There's yeah. just a bigger picture to our personal experience, our personal situation. There are so many people that needs you. You, Joseph, you, the listener, myself, they need to hear our words. And there is a reason why you're going through pain. It's to be taught something. It's to be, it's to learn something. It's to help teach somebody else. And so there's a purpose for it. And I, I love it. I love, for me, it's a reminder of when I have a hard time or a hard situation or a hard day or whatever it is there's a bigger picture there's a purpose for this it's growth it's an evolution it's not eroding yeah so that's what that means to me joseph that's good man that's
0: good you've been my hero for so many years man
1: i'm glad we made it through without crying i was uh, it's i've kind it a of couple times a i was bit. starting
0: to get a little teary-eyed yeah without a doubt Michael, what is the best way people can get in touch with you? You're more than just somebody that can build a house. You do some astronomical work. And of course, you're growing your business to not only outside of the North Georgia area, but to other other states. You said you wanted your brand, your work to be able to carry it on through. So what is the best way that people can reach out to you? Let's say even for advice on how to do something within their home, a do-it-yourselfer kind of thing, or even, hey, a project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You could just reach out to me on my website, uh, michaeljamesremodeling.com. I've got plenty of information and ways to reach out to me through that, through my website. Would love to connect, would love to chat, whatever it is, even if it's just a hey, Michael, how do I do this? I'm not looking for anything from it other than my goal is to transform the lives of every person we meet through residential remodeling. And that's just one vehicle that I'm in right now. My goal is to have so many different vehicles to impact the lives of every person I come in contact with. That's what I'm here for. That's what I love to do. I love to make a difference.
0: Man, that's awesome, man. Michael, thanks so much for being on the show. And for all you listeners out there, please Go on our podcast, your favorite app of it, okay? Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, okay? Google, and take a listen. Take a listen to this episode, of course, and listen to all the other episodes. Let us know how we can help you guys. You can reach me at Meet Joseph James. That's on Instagram at Meet Joseph James. Love to be able to hear uh, from you guys on how you guys are struggling, whether it's with trauma or grief or pain. And one thing, the big testimony that Michael and I both have when it comes to our dad is our dad, even though we hated him growing up and we didn't have a relationship with him, we wished he would have died when my mom, instead of my mom dying, our dad died our best friend. And that's the power of being able to reconcile, that's the power of being able to forgive, that's the power of the mindset of changing. What we felt could have been a victim mentality of growing up a certain way to now of achieving our best selves. So, guys, thank you so much. I love you guys. Stay tuned for more episodes on Purpose Through Pain. Love you guys and thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to finding true freedom and breakthrough.